Happy early Saturday. So this is actually episode, let's call it 36.5 of the Unnecessary Nonsense podcast, a little bit of a solo pod, but I'm recording this on Friday night, late Friday night, heading into Saturday morning. So I say happy Saturday to you probably by the time you hear this and by the time it gets uploaded. I just wanted to have a little short episode uh, before probably the main episode will be recorded this weekend. I wanted to record a little something, though, before we get into the actual games, specifically focusing on uh, we're back to the NFL playoffs. We're down to the last eight teams, and we're going to whittle ourselves down to the AFC and the NFC championship. And there are some really compelling matchups. This is one of the big things that I that I enjoyed the most about, you know, as much as I enjoy making fun. Part of the reason I enjoy the Patriots being out of it is that, quite frankly, I was sick of even watching them play football. I just don't enjoy their style, and I don't enjoy the team. As villains, even at this point, I was just tired of them. But with them out, what we're left with is actually some genuinely compelling matchups with some very interesting permutations. I really would have no issue with almost any permutation here. Obviously, I'll have my favorites because Green Bay is still in it and that's my team. But I could live with almost any combination here in. But we're going to talk about these games for a couple of minutes here and I'm going to make my predictions. I wanted to get that out there before the games actually happen because by the time we record the main podcast, some of the games will already be in progress or will have already happened. And nobody likes predictions when it already happened. There's no there's no fun. We've got four games on the docket, two on Saturday and two on Sunday. So let's talk about this for a second. First game on there, 4.35 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Saturday is going to be Minnesota taking on San Francisco. Now, this is where it gets interesting for me, and I'm going to talk about that with all of these games. What it really comes down to is that part of the reason I think it's so compelling is that I can make legitimate arguments, and I've been listening all week to all the talking head shows, all podcasts and you know TV shows and all that good stuff, and I've heard almost every single angle and argument for all of these teams. You could legitimately make a case. Some cases are stronger than others, but you could legitimately make a case for all of these teams. And that I always feel like is a sign of a, of a good playoff setup where you've got enough here that you can put together some interesting combinations and matchups. Spoiler, I think the most interesting, really, we want to see Baltimore and Kansas City. We want to see what that matchup looks like. We want to see those two young quarterbacks go at it and those teams that are well-built and well-stocked for this season. We want to see that matchup because then no matter who goes to the Super Bowl, we'll be very interested. That'll be on the AFC side. On the NFC side, it gets a little bit more interesting, but that AFC matchup is tempting and it's and it's compelling. And I don't think anyone would be you know, outside of, you know, maybe Tennessee and Houston, I don't think anybody would be tremendously upset if that's the AFC championship we ended up with. So let's start with uh, Minnesota, San Francisco, as I said. Here's the case kind of for both teams. San Francisco has been one of those teams, especially in the NFC, that is shown to be the most complete team is really the verbiage that I would use. For me, them along with, you know, um, New Orleans really were kind of the class of the NFC in terms of showing uh, overall capability. But obviously, we're having this matchup here because Minnesota, quote unquote, upset New Orleans. And to be honest, I should even take away the quotes because realistically, they did upset New Orleans. In my opinion, and I stated this already on last week's podcast, I really didn't understand why New Orleans after all these opportunities, after all these attempts, and I don't want to hear about the referees. I don't want to hear about all that. New Orleans had a multitude of opportunities the last three years to get to multiple Super Bowls, or at least one. And it just seems like they always are missing something. But here we are. We've got Minnesota. And Kirk Cousins, part of my reason for you know picking, I'm going to stick with um, San Francisco on this one, not surprisingly. But the biggest reason why I say that, in addition to my thinking that San Francisco is the most complete team, is that Jimmy, Gar- uh, sorry, not Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins tried with the Vikings, tried his absolute best to 
play up to his reputation as, you know, being someone who struggles in the big game. And he tried to give that game to New Orleans. It was only really at the end. And, you know, full, full value for making it happen at the end of the game. But it, but he waited until almost the 11th hour to really start hitting some big throws. Obviously, uh, at the very end, he hit the big throw to get to basically the one or two yard line. And then, of course, the game winning throw in overtime. But the thing is, it should never have gotten there. New Orleans had every opportunity where Kirk Cousins was just struggling to move the ball and things just weren't moving. And New Orleans had every opportunity to get into that game and, and, t- and pull it out. And it just... Kirk Cousins did enough. So full value for that, but it's not something I think he can necessarily replicate against San Francisco because if San Francisco just gets their business taken care of, this could very well be, it could be an extremely competitive matchup and that would be more fun to watch. But I could also see being being a beatdown. Either way, I really think San Francisco should win this game. If I was going to predict the score, I feel like San Francisco 30, Minnesota 21, something along that vein. It might not get become that high scoring, but that's kind of I, I really think San Francisco, this is an opportunity for Jimmy Garoppolo to put like a signature playoff win on his resume, something that he can carry forward into the next round. And, you know, I think San Francisco will be a handful for whoever comes out of the Seattle Green Bay matchup, which I'll talk about in a few minutes here. So I'm going to pick San Francisco for the reasons that I outlined. I just don't trust Kirk Cousins, and I think San Francisco is a more complete team. So that's the 435 Eastern Time matchup. So then on the Saturday primetime docket 8 15 p.m eastern standard time we have the tennessee titans the surprising tennessee titans getting there against the baltimore ravens so let's make this clear out of the way baltimore should win this game they have demonstrated they have been such a complete team such a strong team their running game is so dominant lamar jackson has been an offensive weapon he should run away with the mvp award the thing is the only, the only arguments you can make for Tennessee are that Derrick Henry has been a monster. Derrick Henry can be a monster. He can be dominant. But the argument has been made. They were able to dominate on the ground with Derrick Henry and just beat the New England Patriots down into a pulp. But all that led up to 14 points. And that's a big issue. It, the reality is they did almost everything perfectly. And Ryan Tannehill struggled mightily. And they were barely able to generate any offense. New England was able to stay within one point. And in the end, if they had not played as effectively as they did down the stretch, they were able to do enough to keep Tom Brady down. They were able to get him, you know, basically at the one yard line to throw that pick six to end the game. But in the, but were not for that. If he had had a little more time, you know, even as much as New England offensively struggled, you could have seen a scenario where they could have gotten down the field and gotten all they needed was a field goal. So realistically, you know, in another era with a slightly different setup uh, and a little bit more time and some weapons, New England could have very easily run down the field and uh, gotten that field goal for the win. That would have been a very Patriots-esque way of struggling, being in a slugfest with the team, and then orchestrating a drive for a game-winning field goal. You can go back to some of their playoff history, and they've done that more than a few times against a bunch of teams. But in this case, obviously, Tennessee was able to hang on to win, and that gets them, and that, and their reward is Baltimore. Baltimore has a ton to do. It really, uh, it doesn't really bear repeating, but we're going to repeat it anyway. It really comes down to whether they can try to force Lamar Jackson to throw the ball a little bit, and if he's able to, if he's able to effectively do so, then Baltimore should crush Tennessee. I don't know if it's going to be quite that easy. I really think Tennessee's key to victory is to try to use Derrick Henry to control the clock and try to minimize the amount of times Baltimore gets the ball. And that's really the best way of trying to keep them off the scoreboard. That's really what it comes down to. And the other thing they're hoping to take advantage of is maybe the, maybe Baltimore will have a little bit of rust. I think this is an opportunity for Baltimore to really take the next step. 
Lamar Jackson's first playoff performance was not that great. And obviously I think he wants to do better. Um, if he demonstrates half the poise he did in the regular season, he sh- they should be able to control this game and really take over because they their running game can run the clock too. So at the end of the day, they can put together big long drives and keep Tennessee off of the uh, keep Tennessee off of the field. I think this is not going to be a really. I don't feel like it's going to be a blowout. I just don't know how many points Tennessee can score. So I th- I'm thinking something like 24-10 Baltimore, something along those lines. I don't know necessarily if Baltimore is going to blow them out of the building, but I think they'll score more than enough points to win comfortably. So I'm giving them a two touchdown margin. So 24-10 Baltimore over Tennessee. Next up on the Sunday, we've got the early game, 3.05 p.m. Eastern time, Houston taking on Kansas City. And this is a fun little game. Houston, to be honest with you, shouldn't have been there. Uh, what it really came down to was Deshaun Watson being absolutely brilliant and being able to fend off two Bills tacklers who apparently couldn't tackle him combined, even after you know making solid contact with him, and him able to spin out and be able to continue and finish the play. But it really came down to Buffalo just did not have the offense to finish it off. They played so well for a good chunk of that game and really were in a great position to win and actually put up that elusive playoff victory for Buffalo. And it's just a shame that their offense just wasn't up to the task because their defense did a great job. And in the end, Houston very easily could have lost this game and added to another one of their playoff losses. But here they are. And their reward, similar to the way Tennessee's reward was Baltimore, Houston's reward is Kansas City. Now, what it comes to is Kansas City is that their loss to the Patriots last year was very much bad luck, really what it came down to. But again, we're back to if you're in a position where one bad play or one penalty or whatever defeats you, well, then you got to do better. And it really comes down to now you have a Patrick Mahomes who has another year of experience under his belt and every opportunity to take advantage of this and create a signature win for himself. And that's kind of what I'm expecting. I really do expect that Kansas City, like I said, the matchup that that I think we all want is going to be Kansas City and Baltimore. We want that. We want to see it. We want to know that the NFL is moving in the direction where we can have a matchup like that, two really young quarterbacks with great teams and incredible offenses. I think that would just be a very entertaining AFC championship. I just don't know if Houston has the firepower to be able to hang in there if Kansas City is able to start getting it going and it starts going downhill. Deshaun Watson, I think, will acquit himself well because he's clearly got the mentality to try to hang in there and go into this game. I just don't know if they have the horses to be able to uh, necessarily keep up with Kansas City's firepower. And the key, I think, for Kansas City is going to be not getting in their own way. I think it's just going to be putting the pedal to the metal and going for it. And I really think that Kansas City should just go in with the mentality that let's just score 60 and just try to do that and just don't stop. Don't get conservative. Don't try to get cute. Don't try to run out the clock. Just try to score early and often and just basically bury Houston as early as possible and try to make it a laugher. Um, In the similar vein to that, I'm going to try to go with... um, I'm going to go with 32 for Kansas City, and I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with a blowout for this one. I'm going to go 32 Kansas City, and I'm going to go with 10 for Houston. So I'm going to say a comfortable margin of victory, 22 points. 32-10, Kansas City over Houston in the early Sunday game. Now I've left the last one, the Sunday evening game, 6.40 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Seattle takes on Green Bay at Lambeau. I'm not looking forward to this one. I kind of, um, as a Packer fan, I really genuinely wish... I wish they'd have flipped it. I would rather I would rather this had been the the, the Saturday night game so that I could get this out of put this out of my misery early, and have Baltimore and Tennessee finish off the weekend. Because to be honest, I I think I'd have a lot of fun watching. I'm I'm gonna have a lot of fun watching a couple of these games. Seattle and Green Bay is gonna be one where 
I reached the point in my life as sport, as a sports fan where I don't get angry very often, but when it comes to Seattle and Green Bay in the playoffs, I'll still think back to the 2014 NFC Championship. And while it doesn't make my blood boil, it does increase my blood temperature a couple of degrees. Just seeing this matchup on the piece of paper, you know, I'm not prone to anxiety and, you know, my condolences to those of you that are, but if I have anything resembling anxiety, this, this matchup gives me anxiety. And let's make this clear on paper, Green Bay should beat Seattle. They've got the conditions. They're playing at home. They, they had the bye. They, they have, they have a, a competent defense. I'm not going to say a great defense because I don't think that's right. I think what I would call it is a solid defense and I would call it an opportunistic and athletic defense that can make plays. Um, and that's something that the Packers haven't had. And it's actually been, you know, a great blessing for the team itself because Aaron Rodgers has not been the Aaron Rodgers of old. And what makes me sad kind of as a Packer fan here is that I would love, I would have killed to have seen this kind of a defense available to Aaron Rodgers when he had more offensive weapons. Devontae Adams is great, but when he had more of, when Jordy Nelson was in his prime and he and Rodgers were going at, were, you know, running up and down and scoring touchdowns nearly at will, I would love to have seen this kind of a defense supporting that kind of an offense. When they went 15 and one after the Super Bowl, I was watching the games, but then I was struck by, Yes, they're scoring at a prodigious rate, but their defense is terrible. And eventually, that was going to come home to roost because when you get to the playoffs, you're not necessarily going to be able to blow everybody out. Even the games where I'm saying that I think these teams are going to win comfortably, I'm still putting them in the low 30s. It's not like I'm saying somebody's going to score 50 or 60. We've seen playoff games, and I've seen the Packers lose a game where they scored a ton of points. And I believe it was Arizona, if memory serves me. And I think it was 51-48, which was absurd. It was an absurd playoff game. You almost had 100 points between the two teams, and they still lost. It, it, you score 48 points and lose. That, that's terrible. And that's the kind of thing that you become accustomed to. The, 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 the NFC championship that I referenced, the one that you know increased, made my blood boil at that time and frustrated me more than any other game I watched, the Packers were up comfortably in the fourth quarter, and they blew it. They basically just stepped on their own, you know, they stepped on their own foot at every opportunity. And this is just baggage. There's a lot. There's the fail Mary. There's a lot of stuff with Seattle that just weird stuff happens. And then Seattle themselves like plays a lot of weird games this year. So here's, so I'll make the case. My problem with Green Bay is not so much that they can't win this game. They should win this game. The reality is I'm concerned that Aaron Rodgers is not going to be able to flip that switch. I love, I love what Devonte Adams does, but my problem is that while I have a clear number one wide receiver, when I look back at the team that did in fact win the Super Bowl, I think back, you had Greg Jennings. He was kind of your number one wide receiver. Great. Fantastic. You had an aging Donald Driver who still had a little bit left in the tank. He wasn't a th- thousand yard receiver anymore. That his last thousand yard season was the year before that, but Donald Driver was still kind of a safety blanket. He was there in case of emergency. If something happens, you can make a pass to Donald Driver that he'll catch and keep you and keep the momentum going, uh, get, get your critical first down. That was there. That was available. Jordy Nelson hadn't gotten into his own. The next year, he absolutely torched the league during that 15-1 and season, and he absolutely went off as an offensive weapon, but he was on that team, and he was explosive, and he gave you something down the field. The problem that I have with this Packers team and their offense is that I haven't seen the classic Aaron Rodgers this year at all, and while Devontae Adams has been good, he had some games he lost to turf toe and all that, but I haven't seen, outside of Devontae Adams, 
who to me is the clear number two. There have been some players. There's been some stuff going on. Geronimo Allison. They've got they've got certain things. You know, they've got Jimmy Graham for all that's worth. But the thing is, and Aaron Jones obviously has been a revelation. But the problem is that I don't really have a number two receiver. For me, Valdez Scanling should have been in my mind. You know, coming off his rookie year and going into this year. I was hoping for progression to show that he was going to be the number two. I don't need multiple thousand yard receivers to for a team to be great, but you want to have somebody that you could go, hey, if Devontae Adams is a clear number one, fantastic. But if for some reason you double team Devontae Adams and you try to take him out of the game, you still got somebody to throw to. That that's where Valdez Scanling could have been that guy, but it just never materialized. Now part of that can also be that Aaron Rodgers hasn't been as accurate as he's been historically. And that's a problem. Um you know, his skill level hasn't degraded to the point that he can't extend plays. But then if you're not quite hitting and you don't quite have the confidence to make some of the throws or you're underthrowing or overthrowing and just a little bit off, then you hold on to the ball too long and you can take some sacks where you shouldn't be taking them. And my scenario is if Seattle wins this game, which to be honest, um, I'm going with my head over my heart in this sense that this Packer team worries me. I like a lot of what they have. If they flip the switch and everything is running on all cylinders, they should roll Seattle comfortably, but I just don't know, and I feel like what I'm seeing and what I'm thinking is it's going to be a close game again, and if Seattle is in another close game, you basically put them into a coin toss situation, Russell Wilson will make some silly play, ridiculous, and then the Packers will walk away with another playoff defeat when they really shouldn't have it, especially when they actually have a couple of weapons outside of the fact the offense itself might not be might be a little bit limited, but Aaron Jones is a weapon. And the fact that the defense is decent should be enough to slow down whatever Seattle has. But I could see a game where Russell Wilson makes some ridiculous plays and DK Metcalf absolutely tortures them. Hits a couple of big plays and all of a sudden Seattle scrapes out a victory. So I'm going to pick Seattle as much as I don't want to. Uh, we'll call, we can call this a reverse jinx if you want, but I'm going to pick them anyway. So I'm going to say Seattle wins this game and it's going to be ridiculous. So I'm going to say something along the veins of, um, let's put them back at like 17 points. Let's call it 17, 14, really frustrating three point game, very low scoring. And that kind of keeps Seattle in the game to be able to win on a late field goal. That's kind of what I'm going with. It would be very disappointing. I'm hoping for the exact opposite of that result, but that's kind of where I'm at as far as that's concerned. If that all comes to pass and we plan to plays out, then we get an AFC championship that would be incredibly desirable for me. Uh, so we'd have Baltimore taking on Kansas City. And then the NFC would be a little bit disappointing, but still a decent matchup. It would be interesting because then you'd have uh, the Seattle Seahawks taking on the San Francisco 49ers. Now we can do this round by round, but realistically, if it comes to pass and that plays out, then... I'm going, I would go chalk. I would say Baltimore in the Super Bowl taking on San Francisco. And I think in this scenario, I would say it's Baltimore's year. So based on everything, I have Baltimore, the Baltimore Ravens being the Super Bowl champions, winning over the San Francisco 49ers. So I'm going to put that out there for now, because rather than try to go round by round, because once you get to the AFC and NFC championships, it's it, it really gets down to the nitty gritty, and we'll see how it plays out. But that's kind of what I have. And obviously... Um, I'll either get close on a couple of these or I'll be a complete idiot. So we're going to have a little fun with it. So those are my picks. That's what I'm going to go with. Happy Saturday and happy Sunday. Enjoy the games. And we'll catch you on the next full episode of the Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast.